smiling today because I'm happy to see you. You guys look good. You look beautiful. And I'm excited because I didn't get to see many of you in the course of the week. And a lot of times we only get to meet on Sabbath. So I'm kind of excited this morning to see you. And uh, God is going to do something today. Amen. Amen, somebody. Because when God speaks, it stands. When God says, it becomes true. And so if you allow God's word to minister to your heart today, God is going to do something in your heart and, and, and help you. So we don't have a lot of time. I want to kind of get to work on this thing. But let me just bring us back to last week so that we can move forward today. Uh, we are in this series called Outliers. What we are trying to challenge you is to live an extraordinary life. God doesn't want you to be regular. He doesn't want you to have a regular job. He doesn't want you to have a regular family. He doesn't want you to have regular finance. He wants you to be living at the top of the top. And that's what we are trying to do in this series. And last week, I challenged the men to go back to Adam. Not to go watch Black Adam, but to go back to Adam. The plan. Uh, the purpose. Because God, watch this, has created you to turn chaos into, into order. If you missed that, uh, catch up on, uh, on YouTube or uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts under the tag Jakarta Central Church. Today we are in Genesis chapter 2 and verses 18 to 25. And we are looking at Back to Adam part number 2. Because there was just so much I needed to say, but I didn't have all the time to say it. So I want to I wanna give you the part two today. So if you have the word of God, I want you to join me in standing to read together Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. I'm going to try to be a magician today to work a little fast because it's 1140. So let's see what I can do with the time I got. Um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. Please stand with me as we read the word together. When you got it, say yes. Yes. Hey, yes, I'm oh, like, yes, but I'm tired. I want to go sleep. <laughs> All right. Can I read for y'all? <clears throat> this is what it says in verse number 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I'll make him a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man. He brought them to the man. He brought them to the man. Watch this. To see what he would call them. Sometimes God wants to see what you will do. What you will plan. Mm. And whatever the man called... Listen to this, Dr. Regina. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. And now listen to this. Listen to this, Brother Ezra. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So... So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up, it, closed up its place with flesh. 
men have to give up something for you, ladies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. Again, he brought her to the man. And man, you know, we, we, we get poetic when we see a sister. You know what I mean? When she's fine, she's nice, she's beautiful. We get poetic because right here, Adam gets poetic. Notice what he says. This last, she's not an animal, she's not a giraffe, but this last one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Verse 24, therefore, therefore, mm. a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And they shall, be, they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked. And this is a beautiful part. And we're not ashamed. Today we are talking about back to Adam part two. Let us pray. Father God, I want to invite you into this place. You are the VIP. And I'm praying, Lord, that something would happen in this place. Not what I say, but what you do. Bless a sister. Bless a brother. Uplift somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> many of you heard it. Many of you watched it for six weeks. It captivated the masses. Johnny C. Depp and Amber Laura Heard went to court in Fairfax County, Virginia, in the United States. The trial started on April 11th, and it ended on June the 1st. Uh, Mr. Depp sued Miss Heard for $50 million. Uh, Mr. Miss Heard countersued uh, Mr. Depp for $100 million. At one time... Mr. Depp and Miss Heard, they shared a meal together. At one time, they ate together. I said that already. <laughs> they rode in the same car together. They traveled places together. And I'm amazed that a couple that was together would end up in court. And we must ask ourselves, how did this couple that seemed to have it going on, that, that seemed to love one another, why did they get to the place that they went from the bedroom to the courtroom? You might dismiss Mr. Heard and, 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 and Miss Heard and uh, Mr. Depp and say that that's celebrities. That, that, that's how it goes. That's how, that's how life is among celebrities. They get married and the next day they get divorced. But, but I want to believe that their story is a reflection of many men and women's stories. That in front of me, there are many men and women. There are young men, young women, there are boys and girls, but instead of harmony, there is disharmony. There is, there is unfriended friends on Facebook in this place today. You have blocked somebody in this place today. Uh, there is, <laughs> my brother is laughing, there, there, there is issues in this place today. You see, Mr. Hurd, I'm not Mr. Hurd, Miss Hurd, and 
Mr. Depp went to court for defamation. They went to court because they, they tried to poison each other's reputation. That is what defamation is. It's when you try to make a person look bad by making yourself look good. And it happens such that when people have been defamed, they can lose a job. They can get kicked out of an organization. They can get divorced. They can lose a family simply because of what somebody has said about them. That may not be true. And so Johnny Depp said, you know what? What you said about me amber is not so good it's not so true i'm gonna take you to court and praise god not praise god because i'm not praising that for, for that but it, but but eventually mr depp was was um he was mm, the word is missing me today i don't know what's happening with my brain yo you gotta pray for me today uh, mr he was relieved mm, not relieved mm. why the word's not coming today y'all i don't know why <clears throat> he was vindicated that's the word i was looking for <laughs> In other words, uh, what Ember Heard said about him was not true. But how and why is a couple that is loving each other fighting one another? And perhaps as you're listening to me, you're at that place today fighting somebody of the opposite sex. There is an issue you're dealing with. It could be who is going to pay what. It could be who is going to parent the kids, wh whose voice is going to be heard more than the other. It could be who makes more money in the house. It could be who comes from the greatest family background, men and women fighting each other. But I want you to understand, listen to me, that God did not call women and men to fight. God called women and men to be tight. God envisioned that men and women should not fight, but rather men and women should be tight. God wanted men to thrive. God wanted women to thrive. And he did not want them, uh, Sister Madeline, to thrive apart from each other. He wanted them to thrive with each other, uh, together, walking together, doing things together. God never intended for men and women to block each other. God never intended for men and women to get divorced. God never intended for men and women not to be on speaking terms. God wanted men and women to be tight and not to to fight and I've come here today God sent me on an assignment to help a man and a woman not to fight but to be tight so uh, back to Adam part number two he's going to focus on that and I, I want us to work with the text I don't have a lot of time but I want us to begin again in Genesis chapter 2 verse number 18 you know this particular verse uh, but let me play with it one more time last week I told you uh, listen to this. I told you that God created the man to turn chaos into order. Isn't that right? You remember that? Just like God created the, the man to turn chaos into order, we have a chaotic situation here, Brother Nick. Notice what the text says. The text says that God said that it is not good for the man to be alone. You see, what God is saying is that there is a chaotic situation right here. Because the man is alone. He has no friend to text. He has no friend to talk to. He has no friend to relate with. He is alone. And therefore, because he is alone, he is in a chaotic situation. In fact, let me, let me play with this with you. 
the word alone in Hebrew spells out the English word B-A-D, bad. It literally means uh, bad. God is saying this situation, the fact that the man is isolated, the fact that the man is alone, the fact that the man has nobody to call, the fact that the man has nobody to eat with is a bad situation. The man is in chaos. The man is not in a good situation. And what I love about God is that when God identifies a problem, God finds a solution. He says it's not good for the man to be alone. What am I going to do? I'm going to make him a helper that is suitable for him. You should have said amen. I'll say amen for you. Amen, Jesus. That when you see a problem in my life, you do not only look at a problem, you do not only complain about it, you do not only talk about it, but God, you find a solution to do something. He says, I will make a helper that is suitable for him. God is saying, the man needs somebody fit to eat with. God is saying the man needs somebody fit to marry. God is saying the man needs somebody fit to laugh with. <laughs> the, man, the man needs somebody fit to go to church with. The man needs somebody fit to pray with. The man needs somebody fit to parent with. The man needs somebody fit to exercise with. I'm helping somebody right now. Please understand that God has called you to find somebody fit. And you need to know that not every candidate is a good fit. Not every church is a good fit. Not every, every employee is a good fit. Not every friend is a good fit. A good fit is what God intends for you. Let me say it this way. When something is a bad fit, you spend more time fixing it than wearing it. Amen. <laughs> Ladies, I see it. When uh, the skirt is uh, too, too short, what do you think? Now I'm fixing it. You know what I mean? Because it's a bad fit. You're spending all your time, you know, just, you know, doing all, like, like focus on the meeting, like, like focus on church. But you are, it's not a good fit. You're worried about how it, and I'm not here picking about skirts. I'm just, I'm just making my point. Don't say pastor was talking about clothes to that church. No, that's not what I'm saying. A lady, gentlemen, I'm going to talk about y'all too. When, when the pants don't fit right, what do you do all the time? You're, you're pulling them up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit right. You know, when you should be busy at the office. You're worried about how your pants fit. <laughs> when you should be driving, you're worried about how your pants fit. Because when something is not a good fit, you spend more time fixing it than wearing it. And somebody today is in a bad fit. All you're doing is spending time trying to fix it. You're trying to fix the faith instead of wearing belief. And seeing the power of God to do things in your life, but you're trying to fix the faith. We, we got to believe the same. We got to see God the same way. Somebody today is trying to fix worship instead of wearing closeness to God. Somebody here is trying to fix a hobby instead of wearing a strong bond. Somebody here is trying to fix values instead of wearing value that you see in the person. Somebody is, is trying to fix a career path when God is saying, why don't you wear growth? Brother and sister, listen to me. When something is not a good fit, you spend more time fixing it than wearing it. So God says, I will make Adam a helper. 
fit for him. And if we must go back to Adam, we will need to appreciate, watch this, that God positions women to be a helper fit for men. If we are going to go back to Adam, we need to appreciate that God positions men, women, to be a good fit for men. To be a helper fit for men. Now, ladies, you're like, oh, pastor, a helper, that sounds demeaning. When I use the word helper, you're thinking about the one who helps. And you're like, no, that, that's too low. I got a degree. I went to UE. You know, I make money. I'm not a helper. It sounds, it sounds low for me. But I want you to understand that a helper fit, fit for him makes you a VIP, ladies. Can I prove it to you? You see, in this particular text, God doesn't say, I will make the man a woman. No, he doesn't say that. God is not talking about your, your, your gender. Uh -uh. God says, I will make him a helper fit for him. God never called you a woman. He called you a helper fit for him. And so I looked around in, in the scriptures. I tried to find this particular term, a helper fit for him. Nowhere else. In Genesis, in, 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 in the Bible, do you find a helper fit for him? It's the, a term that God creates when he's thinking about the woman. When he's about to bring her into existence, God has to come up with a new name. He has to come up with a new terminology. Because what he's about to do is so special that there is no other name in the dictionary. He cannot look it up in the thesaurus. He says, oh, I'm about to do something special, so I will come up with a different name. For her. Oh, ladies are not convinced because I've been saying amen. So let me try it this other way. Sister Danik, you're not convinced. You're like, I don't feel special yet. So let me help you to feel special today. God says, I'll make him a helper. A helper is there in, 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 in the Hebrew. Understand this, ladies. Ezer is connected to God. Uh, Moses calls his son Eliezer. He's saying, God has been my help. I was in Egypt. I was kicked out of Egypt, but God helped me. And so Ezer is a term that is connected, Brother Ernest, to a help that God only can give. Mm, 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 mm. Ladies, let's dance. God is saying, the man needs help. He, he, his task is so big that he needs help that I only can give. And the one who I think can give him that help is a woman. <laughs> the one who I think can give him that help is the one who needs to go to the salon and make her hair right. The one who needs to put on, to put on nails. That's the one who I think I can help the man to be able to do his task. Are you feeling special yet, ladies? The ladies are not feeling special, so it's not working. So let me try one more thing. I'm going to call Brother Jeff and his wife to come on up here. I already talked to you. Please come on up here. I want to use this to make my point because if you miss this, ladies, you will miss what God is trying to do for you. Yes, please. Yes, please. So God says, I'll make him a helper fit for him. Uh, Brother Jeff, I want you to face your wife. If it's all right, I'm, I'm going to work with it. I want you guys to look at each other. Right? Notice what the text says. I'll make him a helper that is fit for him. Ezer Kenegdo. A help fit for him. It's okay. You can look at her a little longer. It's all right. You ain't got to be afraid. Every day. Every day. <laughs> I like it. 
Notice the text says, fit for him. In, in the Hebrew, literally it says, like him who is opposite him. The helper fit for him is somebody whom when he looks at, he sees somebody just like him. When he looks at her, she's got eyes like I got eyes. When he looks at her, she's got a nose like I got a nose. When he looks at her, she's got a mouth like I got a mouth. Oh, yeah, baby, we can talk. Oh, yeah, baby, we can hug each other. Oh, yeah, baby, we can do it to you. When God, when, when the man looks at the woman, she has hands. She can write. She can cook. She can drive. When he looks at her, she has legs. She can walk. She can move. She is just like me. She is suitable for me. And so when God created you ladies, he created you to look at the man and say, man, you and me, we are equal. We are on the same page. We are on the same platform. You got a mind, I got a mind. You can talk, I can talk. You can walk, I can walk. We are together. And if you are going to go somewhere, man, you need me to help you because God made me your help. You can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. But that should have been an amazing moment. Ladies, are you feeling special? Uh, the ladies are not convinced here, so I, 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 I didn't, I didn't do, do it justice maybe, but let me just drop it like this. God positioned women to fit men in every way. You, you heard that? God positioned men to fit the man in every way. She's not beneath you or above you. She fits in every way and what God was trying to say is that the man and the woman they are not to compete with each other they are to complement each other mm. and understand child of God that true outliers focus on their position and not competition God ladies has positioned you already you are just like the man you got it going on too you got brains too so you're not there to compete you're not there auditioning. God has already put you in a position. So do not compete. Work on complimenting. Let me say it this way. When I was, uh, when I was in high school, I was on a football team. I was a freshman, and as a freshman, you cannot start on the varsity team. The varsity team is a team where the 11th graders and the 12th graders play on, but I was a freshman. I wanted a spot on the varsity team, and so I worked hard because I wanted to convince the coach so that he can see my abilities and skill so that he can give me a position on the team. So I was working very hard to come to practice. I was working very hard to eat right and be fit. I was working very hard to go to the gym. I was working very hard to understand the plays. I was working very hard to truly understand understand the system that the coach was trying was trying to put in place but as a freshman I never got the position you know why because that was not a position for me I only got the position when I went to the 11th grade I don't know if somebody's listening to me but ladies you don't have to audition for a position you already have the position you don't you already have the place God has already put you in a place of success all you've got to do is find out and figure out what I can do to bring something to the table so instead of fighting the man, instead of always being in arguments with the man, ladies, your place is secure. Amen, ladies? Hmm. 
<laughs> Only Sister Madeline is getting this because she's like, Pastor, I'm right there. I'm doing this already. You know what I mean? And so, ladies, why not? Because, you know, when you have a position, uh, what I've learned is that when you have a position and you know that your position is secure, what you do is you, you improve. What can I do in my position to get better? What can I do in my position to bring more value to the company? What can I do in my position to make sure that I'm changing things? Are you understand what I mean? And so, ladies, understand you are at that particular place. Your position is already secure. What I need you to focus on, if you want to resolve the issues in your, in your house, issues in your relationship, issues in where you're working, is that you've got to think about complementing, not competing. And so a compliment that says to themselves, I will get the education. A compliment that says to themselves, I'll read the right books. A compliment that says to themselves, I'll make the plan. The compliment says to themselves, I will be motivated. I will be an initiator. I will not wait for things to happen. I will do my part because I realize that I'm supposed to bring something to the table and not compete. So true outliers, they focus on position, not competition. But we have a problem. I like to tell you about problems. There's a problem here, Brother Sutarsa, that uh, just got me thinking. Because the man did not see that he needed a helper fit for him. Look at this. Then the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. So I will make a help meet fit for him. So that the man does not see that he needs a helper. The man is cool. The man is settled. It is God who is thinking about him. Because understand, brother and sister, that God, Sister Kartika, does not see like how you see. Amen? And that is why you can trust God more, because God knows the end from the beginning. So the man doesn't know that he needs help, so God has to do something to help the man. So the text says, now out of the ground, the Lord God from every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. So God begins to try to help the man to see what he needs is that he brings all the animals to the man. Now, now I want you to understand something what the text says. The text says that uh, the, the, the animals... And the man, they come from the same place. The man was taken out of the ground. And the man was taken out of the ground. God is trying to help the man to understand. Because the man has been comfortable with the lion and the giraffe and, the, and all the other animals. God is trying to help the man to understand that, look, you and the animals may share the same biology, but you're not the same. You may come from the same place, but you are not the same. And please understand, child of God, that we may share biology with animals, but we are not the animals. And why I'm saying this is because when people use the words like survival instinct, when they talk about we are species and animals, please understand that is putting you down. You're not an animal. You are special. You are unique. So God says, I want Adam to name the animals because I want Adam to understand that he may share biology, but he does not share the same power. He's at a different place. And I want you to imagine with me, maybe how Adam did it in naming the animals, is that I believe that Adam probably, he sat down, chilling somewhere, 
And in the text says that as he's sitting, God is bringing animals to him. Uh, work with me a little bit here. Just, just get into the text for a moment. I'm, I'm imagining. Preachers like to imagine what it was like. So God brings an animal. And he tells Adam, Adam, this animal has a long neck and it can eat from the, the trees. What do you think we should call it? Adam says, giraffe. And God says, hmm, giraffe, I like it. God brings another one. And this animal, man, can make the, the ground shake. And Adam, and God says, Adam, this one, man, is a heavy hitter. <laughs> what do you think we should call this one? And Adam says, Brother Clint, elephant. God says, oh, elephant. Hey, that, that sounds heavy, man. I, I, I like it, Adam. Adam, uh, this one is unique. He likes to dangle on the trees and he can jump everywhere. <laughs> and Adam says, oh, monkey see, monkey do. That's a monkey. <laughs> God says, oh, I like it. <laughs> And with all the animals, God is naming them, naming them, naming them, naming them, naming them, naming them, naming them. And he's seeing that the tiger has a tigress, the lion has a lioness, and, 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 and the mama bear has a daddy bear, and, 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 and oh, he's, the cow has a bull. And he's seeing all of this situation going on. But then when he looks at the situation, he, he says, but there's none for me. He says, he says, there is none for me. He's looking. He says, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm really alone. Don't miss this. God is putting Adam in, a, in an exercise to help him to see as he sees. God is putting him in a situation that he can come to a realization of his particular status. So in order for God to open his eyes... God must find a way to put him through a situation. And what God is trying to help Adam to see, and I hope that you can see, is that position shapes perspective. You see that? Adam now can realize, can realize I have nobody. Because he was in a position. He was naming the animals. He was doing his part. When he was doing his part, God could give him the perspective that he needed. You didn't catch that. I'm about to help somebody. You see, God could not help Adam until Adam was in a position and he was carrying out that position. As he was doing a responsibility because to name was a responsibility of the man. And let me just say this. You know, uh, in Indonesia, um, I was really amazed because I, I looked at a couple and uh, uh, people say, yeah, these two are married. But I said, how come they have a different last name? And then I, I learned, I said, oh, in Indo, it's hard to change the names, to change the flaming card, and then the government makes it really hard. So even if people get married, they never really, really change the name. But I want you to understand that biblically speaking, when you carry the name of somebody, uh, it means that you, that person is responsible for you. I'm, I'm just saying, ladies. But, but here, Adam is carrying out a responsibility. He's functioning. And as he's functioning, he's able now to see. Let me work it this way. Teachers. Are there any teachers to, here in the place? Yeah? No teachers? Okay, my, I have a teacher right here. Remember, Sister Kartika, how you used to complain about teachers giving you late work, but now you're a teacher, and now you can understand? Uh, 
Elder River, remember when you used to complain about your dad? Not doing, giving you things that you wanted, taking you places you wanted to go, and now you're a dad with your sons. How is it like? <laughs> Position <laughs> is different. Mothers, remember before you got children and you used to see other mothers working and you're like, wow, these mothers, now you're a mother, you really see what it is like? <laughs> uh, doctor, remember when you used to complain as a patient? Now you're a doctor and patients complain. Do you, do you now see the, the difference? You know, before I became a pastor, I was like, oh, man, you know, pastors need to do better, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> now I'm a pastor. <laughs> it's different. In other words, position provides perspective. And because Adam is naming the animals, he's doing his part. He's doing the best that he can. Now he can see, oh, I'm alone. And here it is, brother and sister, allow me to put it like this. If men and women are going to get along, if men and women are going to be allies, we got to focus more on position. We got to more focus on what God has called us to. Because when we focus on what God has called us to, we have the right perspective to look at the situation. We have the right perspective to see what we need to see. But too many of us, we don't focus on the position. We focus on the problem. She don't cook. She don't text. She don't read. She spends too much money. Is that the position God called you to know? So if you and I are truly going to go to the next level, it's got to be about the position. That is why as a pastor now, as I look at other pastors, I understand. <laughs> I know what it is like. And I know you fathers uh, out here, you, you see other fathers, you understand. Mothers is the same thing. So when we are in position, it gives us more grace. And so brother and sister, before you complain, before you say something, my question is, are you in a position? And do you see as you should see? You see, I love the fact that God did not say human beings, his savior, I mean human beings, start avoiding sin, stop doing sin, stop your tempt stop temptation. God didn't do that. He says, I'm gonna go in your position. I'm gonna send my son, born of a woman. He's gonna live your life. He's going to walk your life. When he goes on the cross, he'll be able to say, I've been in your position. Now I can help pull you up. And I'm glad that we have a God who doesn't look at me from, a, from afar. God looks at me in my position. God looks at me where I am. God looks at me in my struggle. And so, brother and sister, understand, position is the best place you can be. And God is telling somebody today, function in your position. Do your part. Because that is how you're going to go to the next level. It is 12, 13. I don't have too much time, but let me just work this a little bit more and I'll be done. Maybe the musicians can be coming up. But understand, child of God, that our liars focus on position to have a correct perspective. And so once Adam is able to see that he needs the woman... Now God can bring the vision to life. Adam now sees that, hey, I need a woman. I need somebody fit for me. God brings the vision to life. Because once you see it, then God can trust you with it. Listen to this. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. 
And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. I want you to see how God did it. God becomes an anesthesiologist. He puts Adam to sleep. Because God is trying to tell Adam, Adam, what I'm about to do doesn't concern you, though it is about you. You heard that? (laughs) What I'm about to do concerns you, but it is not about you. And and God is trying to help Adam to understand that, look, I'm going to do something for you, but you don't need to be involved. You can be asleep, and I'm going to take care of it. And I'm glad that I have a God who, even though I'm asleep, God can bring something to life on my behalf. You didn't hear that? (laughs) You'd have said amen. I have a God who even though I'm asleep, even though I'm not involved, God is able to bring something into life for me. God is able to do something for me. God is able to change my life. Because God doesn't need me to make things happen. Because when I'm asleep, it says I trust the Lord. When I'm asleep, it says, God, I know you have it handled. Too many of us are not seeing the power of God because we are focused on seeing what God is doing. We are counting the hours. We are counting the years. We are looking at our bank account. We are looking at how our kids behave. We are looking at how our friends treat us when God is saying, sleep. Let me handle it. Go to sleep. Don't worry about this. So God says, Adam, let's sleep first. And then after... After putting Adam to sleep, God does something else. Watch this. God takes a rib out of Adam. I said men had to lose something for women. Amen, man. <laughs> Amen, man. <laughs> he had to give up the rib, man. <laughs> so ladies, if you, if, if, you, if, you, if you think men didn't do anything for you, we gave up a rib. <laughs> so God takes a rib out of the man to make the woman. But watch this. Oftentimes we think of the rib as something physical or we think of it as anatomical or flesh. But I want you to understand that God did not take flesh from the man. Uh, God took, uh, literally speaking, material from the man. In a lot of the texts, you read about the rib. In other parts of the Bible, it never talks about a rib. It always talks about material that is used to build something. God did not take a rib from a man. God took material from a man. God took material from a man. And, 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 and the thing was that God used this material. And I want to go back to the text real quick so that you can see it. This is really beautiful. God took the material and he, 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 made, he made into a woman. When the word is used made, watch this. The text says God literally built the woman. God did not make you ladies. God built you. God put you together. God made sure that you would be something that is useful. Something that would add value to the man. So so, so God didn't make you. God built you. He, He put you together. So that as he put you together, you could be useful for the man. And so hear this brother and sister. When God brings a vision to life. When God brings something to life, it is always going to be useful for you. It is always going to help you to to, to make a difference in your life. 
I'm done. I'm almost there. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. The musicians can come on up. Why have I been huffing and puffing up here this morning? It's to try to help men and women to stop the fighting. To help men and women to get to the place where they can look at each other and say, you know what? Oh, wow. You, you, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> praise the Lord for you. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> praise the Lord that uh, God did something for me through you. You are not my enemy. You are my friend. And that's what I need men and women of JCC to start looking at themselves as friends, not enemies. So when Adam sees the man, sees the woman, he says, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. It is not God who called you a woman. It was, it was, it was, it was Adam. God said you're a helper fit for him. This last. This last. Shall be called woman because she was taken out of me. Flesh line is stronger than bloodline. Flesh line is stronger than bloodline. You know why Adam said, This is born of my bone and flesh of my flesh? Adam finally knew that this woman could help him extend himself because now he can finally fulfill the plan of God to be fruitful and to multiply he's God finally I've got somebody who I can do your purpose with this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone and I'm saying God thank you that I can do your will because of this one. She's not my blood, but she's my flesh. She's not my blood, but she's my bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She's me inside and out of me. She's not an enemy. She's just me. In fact, she's, she's, she's closer to me than my dad. She's closer to me than my mom. She is my flesh. I can go places with her. I can do things with her. That is why people can leave their family to be with somebody who they love because flesh line is stronger than bloodline. And if we're going to go back to Adam, it has to be because we realize that it is flesh line that's most, most important. If our families are going to be what they need to be, it's got to be flesh line over bloodline. It's got to be flesh line over kids. It's got to be flesh line over parents. It's got to be flesh line over family. Because flesh line helps you to fulfill God's purpose.
men and women. I'm a man. There are some men here. If you are going to do it, you've got to know that flesh line is more important than bloodline. And when that happens, God can take you to the next level. And I want men and women today to stand with me to say, you know what? We're committing to flesh line, not bloodline. We're committing to each other, not society. We're committing to each other, not the kids. We're committing to each other and not the job. Is there a man or woman here who is saying flesh line is more important than bloodline? Anybody? And if you are, please stand with me. It'll be a good time for men and women to stand together to hold hands at this time. It'll be a good time for husbands and, and wives to look at each other, for boyfriends and girlfriends to look at each other. And please understand this. If you do not think she's a part of your flesh and born of your blank, you better let it go. If you don't think he is, <laughs> please let it go. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, we want to go back to Adam. We understand and realize that flesh line is more important than bloodline. And Jesus did that. He understood that flesh line is more important than bloodline. So he died for us. And Father, today I'm praying for couples. I'm praying for, for husbands. I'm praying for wives. I'm praying for daughters. I'm praying for sons. I'm praying, I'm praying for boyfriends and girlfriends. They may realize that flesh line is more important than bloodline. Because when they understand this dynamic, then they can truly do your will and your purpose for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would heal marriages, you would heal relationships, you would heal, you would heal friendships, Father. There are things that are broken in this place. And we're asking you, Lord, to do something to change what is broken. And so, Father, we want to go back to Adam, not because that is what we wish, but, Father, that is what you're calling us to and for. And so, Father, we're here submitting ourselves to you, asking you, Father, that you'd help us to do your will and your purpose. Thank you, Father, for your kindness and your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. So I believe that that word did something in your heart and it spoke to you. And I just want to encourage you that you respond to it. Do not delay. God loves you more than he loves life itself. And Jesus died to prove it. And we as a ministry at Facts Alive believe that this is our mission. We want to help you to know Jesus better and to know him more clearly and to love him more dearly. The number is on the screen. Kindly text us, kindly write to us or call us and we'll be more than happy to help you. Perhaps you need prayer, you need encouragement, you need counseling. Please also reach out. We are available for you to help you. And if the Lord has inspired you to give and to partner with us in ministry, the number is also on the screen and you can simply give whatever the Lord has put on your heart to work and partner with us. May God bless you and take care. I will see you very soon.